You're listening to the North Richland Hills Baptist Church Sermon Audio Podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, go to nrhbc.org. Amen. Where'd that guy go that sang a minute ago? Wow, that was incredible. Praise the Lord. Amen. Scott, thank you, Pastor, for letting me come and be here at your church, North Richland Hills Baptist Church. It's a privilege and honor uh, for me to be here and choir, good night, band and orchestra. Let's, whoo, that was awesome. Thank you, guys. Man. I'm, I'm affirming you guys. I'm practicing what I'm about to preach here in just a second. So, uh, it's not every time my wife gets to travel with me, and I'm so honored, so thrilled that Ashley is with me tonight. Uh, we will be married 35 years this uh, summer. Wow. And so uh, we're grateful to God. So we have um, known each other uh, quite a long time, met in college, and got married. And um, this is a, f- a winter Bible conference, and the focus is uh, Christ centered home. I love that theme about the home. And so tonight, I'm going to, where's Dr. McDowell? Malcolm McDowell, where, where are you? I know you're in the house. Man, oh man. And Melba, this guy is just one of my heroes in the faith. I'm I just thrilled that he's a member here at your church. He, he told me, he says, I, I love this church, and I love to hear Scott Mays preach the word. And I said, wow, well, that's such a sweet compliment. And Dr. McDowell, I love you. Um, I got to tell you a quick story about Dr. McDowell real quick, and then we'll get into the message. I, I did my PhD at Southwestern Seminary, like Scott did in evangelism, and Dr. McDowell was my uh, supervisor. And so after I wrote my first chapter of my dissertation, I thought I had really done something, right? You know, so I was so glad I finished up, you know, I was well on my way of writing this dissertation and, and graduating, and I'll never, I'll never forget, I, I turned it in to Dr. McDowell, he gave it back to me, and he said, Forshee, this is unacceptable, and he just gave it back to me, and it was marked, it, like he cut his hand and just bled all, all over it, and I was like, wow. But you know, he, it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it really, it really made me uh, knuckle down and get it, get it done. I want to talk a little bit about my family and, and then just share a message with you. Maybe one of the most important sermons uh, that I've ever preached. I only preached this message one or two times, and so I've been studying it, been preparing it for you because I really felt a peace from God to share this message with you on the power of words. The power of of words, the very words uh, that we use. And so I mentioned to my, about my wife, Ashley, I got some pictures, and we had a, a picture, we went to the Grand Canyon just a few, do we have those pictures, guys? Awesome, went to the Grand pa- Canyon just a couple of weeks ago, and I was speaking out in Phoenix, and Ashley, she likes to go on those trips with me, you know, like the Grand Canyon, and so we were there and had a wonderful time, and that's a picture of us there uh, at our church. We have three kids, all of them are married, uh, and they're serving the Lord. In fact, all three of our kids are in the ministry, and we have two uh, grandbabies. That's us at the, at the beach on the left and on the right. You see me on the right. That's my son, Bryant, uh, and his wife, Kendall, and then Jeffrey in the middle, and Hannah, and they're the ones that have the babies. That's Claire, and that's Riley, and then Layton and Danielle, and then, and then Ashley. I think I got pictures of all of them. Y'all roll them. Oh, look at there. Look at that. Woo, come on now. That's, that's Claire. And uh, then we got another one coming. Watch this. That's little Riley. Oh, man. Any grandparents in the house? I'm just saying. Good night. Praise the Lord. So their mom, Hannah, 
is married to our student pastor. And so my son-in-law is our student pastor, and they have two beautiful children. You just saw that. Bryant, our middle child, I was a middle child. Any middle children syndrome? Okay, good. I see those hands. Bryant is the student pastor. He's the junior high pastor of a, of a new mission work up in Plano called Prestonwood. I don't know if y'all have ever heard of it. <laughs> Prestonwood. <laughs> and so Bryant has more people in his ministry than I had in my whole church when I was his age and pastoring. And he's married to Kendall. She's a school teacher. And then our youngest... I don't know where he came. I got it from my wife's side of the family, but he's not quite as tall as your pastor. Scott, how tall are you, brother? Six four-ish. He's only got me by a foot. Amen. But anyhow, <laughs> our son, our son Layton's about six foot tall, and him and uh, Danielle, he's our social media director at our church. He also handles all of our new member associate uh, assimilation. He said, but you got a couple of family members on your staff. What, what about that? What do you think about that? Nepotism. Here's what I found out. It's not nepotism if you don't show favoritism, okay? And so we don't. We, we work them hard, and, man, we're just blessed. Love my church. We had a great morning this morning. I had zero people in the church today, none, just me and a camera. Uh, we have had catastrophic flooding in our church. We, it's, it's bad. Uh, we had 66 employees in our church yesterday, full-time, working feverishly, knocking out drywall, replacing everything. And it is going to be seven figures kind of numbers to get everything fixed. Thankfully, we have insurance. And so I preached there this morning. My heart is a little bit heavy, obviously. Do you see your church just destroyed through the flood? What happens? The pipes froze and they burst, and it, it's, just a, it's just a mess. But we've been there 10 and a half years. We love it. We love our church, love what God's doing there. And I'm really excited about being here uh, tonight. My text tonight is only one verse of Scripture. I've memorized it in the New King James Version, but it's very similar to your uh, English Standard Version that you guys use here. And it goes like this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will benefit from it or will uh, eat its fruit. He said, well, help me now. What's the correlation between this being a winter Bible conference and we're focusing on the family? What in the world is talking about words and the language that you use and the uh, defamation or the affirmation? What has that got to do with a healthy family? I would submit to you it's probably got everything to do with it. The blessing of words and the curse of words. Don't raise your hand because I know it would hit everybody. All of us have been cursed by somebody. Unfortunately, that somebody may have been your dad or your mom or an uncle or a cousin or a classmate, and you feel the weight of that, and that has impacted you. I'll just be transparent here with you tonight. For me, that was my dad. I could never measure up to my dad, and he was a very harsh, disciplinarian individual. And as much as he would tear me down, praise God, I had a godly mother who, on the other hand, she would, she would build me up. I want to come to you tonight, North Richland Hills Baptist Church, and I want to speak to you about the power of the very words that you use, and in the context especially, in the words that you use with your grandchildren. All right, you with me? Or with your children or with your spouse, or with your staff here. 
I tell you, I got so much respect for your pastor, and I just want to affirm him publicly before you guys tonight, all six foot four of him. He loves God, loves his wife, not your wife, amen, and loves his children. He have three beautiful children. I was checking y'all out on the website. Has his doctorate. He loves this church. I tell you what, Scott, I was so impressed. I am more of an introverted person and until I start preaching, and I, the Holy Spirit just gets a hold of me. I get all excited and start preaching rather calm down a fanatic than raise up a corpse if you're with me on that but anyhow Scott such a good pastor I watched his pastoral skills even tonight and he knows all of y'all by name affirms you and encourages you and uh, I just appreciate that I, I respect that and, and Scott God bless you brother let's keep going strong for the Lord let's finish well uh, with the faith and the ministry God has entrusted uh, to us. So the power uh, of words is what I want to speak to you tonight. I'm going to talk to you, first of all, about the curse of words. And then I'll talk to you a few minutes about the blessing uh, of words. Uh, I said earlier, this may be one of the most important messages that I ever preach because um, some of you tonight could very well be here needing a word from the Lord. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're experiencing. All I know is 2020 was horrendous. 2021 has started off pretty inauspiciously. And we've got some difficulty. And that's just in the macro world of everything that we're dealing with, right? But what about you? And what are you dealing with in your personal life and with your family and with your kids and grandkids and your spouse and your finances and your church? And could it be that God would bring us together tonight. And he would so burden me with this message. And I, talking with your pastor, I was like, ooh, I, I'd love to, I love this whole focus that you guys have on the family, but I, I just felt impressed of the Lord that this is the message that he wants me to speak. And I want to speak blessing over you tonight. Now, if you're just kind of sour and born in the negative mood and you're just not in for a, a good word, you, you might ought to leave, all right? But for the rest of you who would say, you know, I'm ready for this. I'm ready for that Zephaniah 3.17 moment where the Lord just sings over me and the Lord just speaks blessings and, and encouragement to me. I've heard so many sermons. You think about how many sermons that you listen to. When I was a student in seminary, we would go to chapel about every day, Dr. McDowell, at least three days a week. And I became a professor at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. And, and uh, man, I heard a whole lot more sermons every day in chapel. And you know what? I, I'm sorry to say, I can't remember probably 90 plus percent of the sermons, but I do remember one. <laughs> Tom Elliff came to our campus. Tom Elliff was the president of the International Mission Board. And now he's, I think he's helping a church out at Sherwood, doing a great job, great man. Michael Katz, kind of, he's working with him there. But he came to our campus and he preached on the curse of words. And I'll never forget that. I, I still remember to this day because it just kind of, it grabbed me right where I was sitting because I, I haven't experienced that as a person. I have experienced what it means and what it feels like to be put down. My, like I said earlier, my dad would say, well, son, you're just not very smart. By the way, please don't tell your kids that, okay, or your grandkids. And then, and then make it worse, he'd say, why can't you be like your, your, your brother? It just everything comes easy to him, and son, you're just dumb. Y'all with me? And I was like, ooh, as a little boy, I was thinking, Dad, that's not cool. You shouldn't be saying that. 
but I, but I believe that. And it took some time and, and some effort on my part. Ooh, let me tell you something. I'll probably say this later. I can't wait to say it until now. If you, if, if you want help with that, replace the curse with the Word of God. Replace what the devil and others might say about you and to you to bring you down, derogatory word, depressing word, discouraging word. Replace it with what the Word of God says. And the Word of God speaks over us blessings and and hope and encouragement. James 3, 8, oh, but no man can tame the tongue. Are you with me? It is this unruly evil full of this rashness and this deadly poison. It's amazing how... This little muscle that God has placed between our teeth, it can bring death and it can bring life. Death and life are in the yad, is the Hebrew word. Yad, we we translate it power. It also can be translated hand. Death and life are in the hand of the tongue. And and I'd use the analogy of a weapon. If you have a, a, a knife or a or a gun, or some kind of instrument that you use that weapon to defend yourself, that's a very positive thing, and that is a good thing. But you take that same weapon, and you have a murderous or an evil intention in your heart, then it becomes a negative thing. And I think it's the same way with the tongue. With this tongue, we can build one another up. We can build up our spouse. We can build up our kids. We can build up our companies. We can build up our churches, or we can tear them down. And the choice is ours. And you would think, well, in the church of the living God, come on, Brother Danny, we're just all full of Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. We never a discouraging word. We just are constantly building one another up. And I say, well, please let me join that church. Because we deal with that, right? We struggle with that. We just kind of cross our arms, just kind of get bent sideways, and we just, I just got to say it, brother. I I just got to open up. No, you don't. (laughs) You, You don't. Because if you're not careful, then you'll start cursing. You say, well, I never said a curse word. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something far more damaging. The negativity, the comparison, the inflicting of that, that dagger. It's an unruly, what James said, instrument. There is one who, this is Proverbs 12, 18, who is, speaks like the piercings of a sword. Some translations have whose rash words are like a sword that thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing and hope. I love Charles Stanley. I still love to hear him preach, you know. What is he, like 120? I don't, I don't know what it is, but he, Dr. McDowell, he's still preaching the Word. His son, Andy Stanley, also pastors there in the Atlanta area, North Point. And Andy Stanley wrote a book uh, years ago, um, Scott, I thought I had a lot of books until I walked into your pastor's uh, library. Good. Now, he's got books in the bathroom. I'm telling you, he's got books everywhere. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in the bathroom, and I didn't have to go. I was just in there looking at all the books and just reading. It was just amazing. And Andy Stanley wrote a book called Visioneering, the importance of having a vision and actualizing that and bringing it to pass. It's a really good book. And he talks about it in the book, he said, And he's talking about the power of words. And he says, words have power, so much power they can set the course for your life. And he he gave the the illustration when he was uh, playing basketball as a a middle schooler. 
and they had a, a round of, of cuts, you know, you, you made it through this cut, you go to the next round. He made it to the last round. Now, look, if you're a junior high boy and you're trying out for the basketball team, that's life and death, okay? I'm telling you, that, that just means everything to a young man to make that team. And so he said, I had the ball. I was going down the court. He says, man, I was open, and I pulled up, and I took a shot. He said, and I missed the goal. I missed the backboard. I missed the net. I just, it was awful. Air ball, air ball. And he says, man, that was terrible. And the coach said, Stanley, you're a loser. He said, I never picked up another basketball for my life. Stanley, not, hey, man, it's okay. Everybody takes a bad shot every now and then. Get back in there. You can do this. Come on, man. No, you are a, not, not that was a bad shot, but you yourself are a loser. And, and he actually writes in his book, he says, quote, our words have the power to point people in a direction to set the very course of their life. Can I just tell you something tonight? In Jesus' name, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are not a loser. You are, you are a winner. You are created in the image of God. And there's nobody quite like you. Nobody has your... DNA, nobody has your print. There's a lot of things. If I was creating me, I'd create me a lot different. I'd say, Lord, make me like Scott, make me 6'4. You know, I can touch the net, but I'd like to grab the goal, you know, every now and then. Or, Lord, that guy can sing like an angel. And God comes along and says, Look, I created you and I fashioned you exactly the way that I wanted to so that I can get the most glory out of your life. Be confident. Be self-assured, rest in peace in the person that you are. Because, listen, this is because when God created you, he threw away the mold. Not loser, not dummy, not ignorant, not ugly, not why can't you do... Here, here's what the Word of God says. Mm -mm. Pick up your pulpit here, brother, in a minute. Here we go. <laughs> Zephaniah 3.17. Y'all have, have it here on the screen. The Lord your God... Jehovah Elohim is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with, you know, what does that say? Gladness. He will quiet you with his love or by his love. He will exult praise over you with loud singing. What a sweet word. Wouldn't it be awesome if we could perpetuate that in our, in our families and in our circles? He said, well, Brother Dan, I don't know about all this. You know, I'm, you know, I just, I don't really have the gift of, of mercy. I, I don't really have the gift of encouragement. I'm just not a man or I'm not a woman of many words. No, you're just mean. <laughs> you're just mean. And you don't have to be. Yeah, but I was mistreated and people were mean to me. And that's just, that's just the kind of way, look. When God saves somebody and God sanctifies somebody, the more and more they become looking like Jesus. Filled with the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, meekness, and self-control. There's a curse. And some of you have been cursed with it, and I'm sorry. And um, 
may take some time, but you can overcome it. You can replace it with what God says about you. Let's talk for a few minutes about the blessing of, of words. This is my favorite part of the message. I want to get real practical with you and just talk to you. And, and I, I'm, hoping, I'm, I'm hoping that you will actually put some of this into practice tonight. And maybe you, some of you guys may be more introverted, a little man's man, a little tougher, rougher exterior around the edges. Maybe tonight you, you could just say, you know what? I'm going to do what that short preacher asked me to do. And I just want to speak blessings over my kids and my grandkids and over my wife and over my family and over my church. Look, I'm a person of words. I'm a, y'all read Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages. Well, guess which one is my number one? It is words of affirmation. And physical touch, hers is not those at all. Hers is just the, just the opposite, you know, family time, and quality time, and acts of service. And, and so I've had to learn to adapt, you know. Uh, I can tell my wife all day long, you are beautiful. And she goes, thank you and appreciate it. But look, when I wash the dishes, I'm a good-looking man. I'm telling you, when I'm washing the dishes... I never knew I was so attractive, and she'll tell you that. But that's her, that's her love language. Curse of words. Let's talk about the blessing of words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Let me give you my favorite verse in all the Bible. It's, it's uh, Proverbs 12, 25. At least it's my favorite proverb. Anxiety or depression in a man's heart weighs him down. Would y'all look at that comma and then the conjunction, but? Would y'all look at that with me, the rest of that word? But a, read it with me, a good word makes him glad. Come on now. Discouragement, anxiety, weighed down. You counter that with a good word. Anybody here tonight who would say, I just don't really like good words. I don't like to be encouraged. You know, that just, I, don't, I don't like that at all. I mean, I'd rather people just curse me or tell me how hard I am. No. None of us are like that. We, we want to receive positive words and affirmation. It's not flattery. Let me tell you the difference between what I'm talking about and flattery. Flattery is done with impure motives. Flattery is I'm giving you a compliment because I'm reciprocity or reciprocal or, okay, I want you to tell me something. And that's not pure, right? I'm talking about tonight is speaking words of affirmation and blessing and encouragement, not looking for anything in return. There was a professor at Southwestern Seminary years ago, and he was an interim pastor uh, at a church. And it was a small rural church, and he went there, and he served. And after a couple of weeks, everybody said, you, you've got to, meet, uh, you got to meet Tina. She is just the most vivacious, sweet girl here in the congregation. She's young. She's probably 19, 20 years of age. She just loves Jesus. And Dr. Professor, Reverend, you need to meet this young girl. And he says, okay, well, let's meet Tina. And so... The next Sunday, he came back to the church, and they introduced Tina to the, to the professor, to the interim pastor, and he said, you know, I, she's, you know, sweet, you know, and a nice young girl, and I was like, why is everybody so enamored with her? Until she began to speak, and she would say things like, wow, you're a professor at Southwestern Seminary, and he said, well, yes, I'm sure. How long have you done that? Well, you know, I've, I've been a professor there for about 10 years. What is that like 
having that kind of influence over, well, you know, it's pretty, pretty amazing. Well, tell me, tell me about your family. He goes, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> now I know. Because you're so interested in other people. And you're so interested in speaking life and blessing and encouragement. I love being around people like that, don't y'all? Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word lifts it up and makes it, makes it glad. Okay, let, let me encourage y'all with this. And it's very practical, and I want to ask you if you just take some mental notes or jot it down, maybe on your, on your phone. This is my Bible, and I, I put everything on this and in my notes you say, well, how can I communicate good words and be a blessing to others? Well, the first thing you can do is simply this. Just speak positive words to other people. Just speak words of blessing and affirmation. You say, but I don't really, that doesn't come as natural for me. I don't have those, the gift of gab, the extrovert, the, the, I don't, look, you can do it. And there are people in your life, to hear it coming from you, will mean the world to them. You know, my dad, again, is an alcoholic, a difficult man. He, um, he was dying of cancer in his hospital room. And as I was walking up to the room, I could hear him talking about me. And my dad was not a, not a person of words. I mean, he was just, like I said, a steel worker, tough, just tough man. He was telling my uncle these words about me and I overheard him as he's lying in the hospital room dying. And he said these words, you know, Dan, my son, I'm so proud of him. I believe God has his hand on him. I believe God's going to, John, are you listening to me? And my Uncle John, yes, yeah, I'm listening. He goes, I believe God's going to use him greatly one day. And when I walked into the room, he just, just stone cold, you know. You know what that would have meant to me, to hear that? Not secondhand, but first, firsthand. There's somebody in your life. No, I'm serious. The Holy Spirit wouldn't impress upon me so hard if it wasn't true. Somebody in your life needs to hear it. They need to hear it from you. Just you. To speak it. Number two, write it. Um, I know email's cool and Twitter and Facebook, private message and Instagram, all that. But I'm going to go old school on you. Why don't you write it out by hand? Just write out a, a personal note and just tell the person how much you appreciate them. When's the last time you got a personal handwritten note from somebody? You say, well, brother, you're a dinosaur. This is an you're an antiquated. No, we don't do that. We send text messages. Look, I, get, I bet you I get as many text messages as anybody in this room, and I get a bunch of them. But I'm telling you, occasionally, I'll have one of my staff members or somebody in the church, they'll just write me a, a note just say, Pastor, I just want you to know I love you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for preaching the word, and, and God bless you. And they sign it, and I'm like, my, my, my. That just does something for me. That builds me up. That, that encourages me. Look, you, you have no idea. If you do that, it could, be, it, could be the, it could make the difference in a person's life. It could set the course for them. Just a handwritten note saying, man, I love you. Man, I appreciate you. God bless you, pastor. Thank you for preaching the word. Brother Danny, thank you for being an executive pastor. That's the hardest job in the world, by the way, just letting everybody know. That's a difficult job. Thank you for doing that difficult job. And the music guy up here a minute ago, is his name Danny too? Are you Danny? 
how many Dannys we got here? We got a bunch of Dannys. Write him a note, say, Danny, God bless you, man. Thank you. You're so talented. You're so gifted. And maybe pick somebody up here on the, on the praise team or somebody up in the choir. Just write them a note and say, man, I appreciate you. God bless you. I love the Lord. I love my church. I want to take a moment and affirm you and bless you and build you up. Let me tell you, when you start doing stuff like that, the devil hates it. He, he flees out of that stuff because he, he dwells in discouragement and dissension. He loves the, the bickering and the fighting and the tongue getting angry and ugly. But when you combat that with grace and with love and with affirmation and encouragement, praise God, that builds up your church. I want to encourage you to, to do that. Say, no, that's not for me. I'm not, I'm not all into that. You need to get into that. You need to get into that because it will, it will bless you and it will bless. Let me give you another way. Number three, give secondhand compliments. Now, I know they're not as good as firsthand, but what's a secondhand compliment? A secondhand compliment will go something like this. Brother Danny told me tonight, tell, tell Brother Terry I said hello. Terry's our executive pastor, used to be our worship pastor. And, and I'm going to go back to Terry and say, this Danny guy, he's really talented. And Terry, he made a point of me to tell you, hello. And I'm basing on that, Terry, that he, I think this guy really respects you. Is that safe to say? I sense that he really has a lot of admiration and respect for you, that he went out of his way to say, please make sure you tell Terry Hurt, I said hello. And so when I do that, how's that going to make Terry feel? It, it, it's got to, be, it's called a secondhand compliment. I'm not complimenting him directly. Danny is through me. You know, Bob, the other day, Jim and I were talking, and, and, and Jim just went off on you, and he said, You are just the sorriest scoundrel that ever walked upon the face of the earth. Now, just the opposite. He said, man, he's got so much respect for your integrity in your walk with God. You see what I'm saying? Building, building those seeds of, of grace. But God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you might overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power that works in us according to the working of God's mighty spirit in us? Quote the word of God, speak the word of God, build one another up. Howard Hendricks, Dr. McDowell, he, you know, he passed away eight years ago yesterday. He was a professor of theology at Dallas Theological Seminary for 50 years. Went to Wheaton College, went to Yale University. He has impacted so many young men and young women. But Howard Hendricks' story was the story that almost didn't happen. He was a baby, and his parents are like, we, we can't do this here. And they gave him to the 
to the grandmother, to his grandmother. And the grandmother did the best that she could with him, but he didn't turn out very good. He didn't have that, he didn't have that mom's nurturing and loving compassion. He didn't have that dad's strength and care and compassion. And so he, he went that way. In fact, when he was in grade school, he had a teacher who got so mad at him. Now, this is 50-plus years ago. You could get away with this. And, and I disagree with it. I do not think she should not have done this. I'm laughing because it's kind of funny. She duct-taped him to a chair. <laughs> she tied him to a chair, said, You're out of control, you idiot. And she wrapped him up in duct tape. He, he couldn't move. And then she pronounced a curse over his life. She said, you, Howard, and your little cronies, your little idiotic buddies, all of y'all are going to end up in prison. Three of the five ended up in the penitentiary, but not Howard Hendricks. He said, well, what in the world happened to him? Thank you for asking me. Here's what happened to him. <laughs> when he was in the fifth grade, the fifth grade, he was sitting in class. His arms were folded. Y'all see him? Scowl on his face, angry at the world. Mom doesn't love me. Dad doesn't love me. Mad at the world, angry. Got his arms crossed. And a new teacher, she came in, and she's calling the roll. Y'all remember those days? I don't know what they do these days, you know, but goodness, all the, they, they still do it? Okay, good. They still call the roll. Virtual roll. Blackboard. Oh, goodness. And she's calling the roll, and she goes, her name's Mrs. No. N-O-E. Okay? She goes, Howard Hendricks. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's how he responded. And this is what she did. She said, Howard Hendrix put her paper down. She walked from her desk and she looked at him and she said these words I've heard a lot about you. <laughs> to which he was thinking to himself, kind of proud about it, you know, yeah, so. What she said next changed his life, set him on a total different course. And this is what she said. <laughs> I don't believe any of it. And he was like, what? She said, I don't believe any of it. As far as I'm concerned, young man, you got a new slate with me. I believe in you. Who knows the potential that you have? He's like, I'd, I'd never heard that before. He said, the course of my life was changed that day by Mrs. No speaking words of life and blessing and affirmation. Can I ask you all to bow your heads with me and close your eyes? I, I want to I pray with you and for you. But I also want to do a little inquiry with you. Some, the Holy Spirit would give me freedom and leading to, to ask you a couple of questions tonight. First of all, thank you for being here. I tell you, it's a beautiful church. What a, what a glorious time. I know Ashley and I, we're going to drive over to 
Irving tonight. I'll be speaking at our evangelism conference uh, tomorrow. And I know Ashley and I, we're going to be talking about it, and I know she's going to be saying stuff like, man, wasn't that worship amazing? My wife got a little Baptist on y'all tonight. She's raising her hands and excited, and I was too. And, and we're going to be talking about the friendliness of this church, the way every, I tell you, every person that greeted us was kind. You, you know, I know your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, but you know, you, with a mask on, you can still tell people are smiling because <laughs> their eyes light up. And your pastor, man, what a, what a good man, what a godly man, brilliant man. If I was North Richland Hills Baptist Church, I would just sign him for life. I'd say, dude, you, you can't leave. Man, you're, you're our guy. Maybe you're here tonight and you have been seriously cursed. And I'm so, so sorry. I don't know who she is or who he is or what they said, but you do. And I just want to take a moment and tell you this. That God loves you. And God really crafted and formed you in such a highly specialized way that there is absolutely nobody else on this earth like you. Your intellect, your skills, come on. Even your height, your weight, the color of your eyes. I mean, God made you, and pardon my grammar, God don't make no junk. God created you. He loves you. Jesus died for your sins. And on the third day, he arose from the dead. The Bible says that Jesus stands at the, the door. He knocks. And he would love to come in. He would love to be your Savior, your Lord. You may have heard a lot of lies and a lot of half-truths and things spoken over you, but I'm telling you this is the everlasting gospel that I'm speaking to you right now, that God loves you. Jesus died for your sins, arose from the dead. He knocks at the door of your heart, and I want to encourage you tonight, let him in. Say, Jesus, come in. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Let me encourage you to do that tonight. You say, well, Brother Dan, don't you know where you are? You're at North Richland Hills Baptist Church. This is the cream of the crop. This is the, this is the sanctified of God. We're all here tonight on a Sunday night. We all are going to heaven. I don't believe it. I just don't. I know I was in church for a long, long time before I finally realized that the gospel was good news for me. So I'm encouraging you right now to say, Jesus, be Jesus in me, and I give you my life. Now, with your heads bowed and with your eyes closed, I'm, I'm going to ask you, before you leave tonight, would you let somebody know that the word of God was spoken over you and for the very first time you received Christ as your Savior and Lord? Please, please tell your parents Tell your pastor, tell your friend, tell somebody so they can encourage you and follow up with you and disciple you. Now, those of you that are believers and you love the Lord, God bless you. Thank you.
Thank you for being you. Thank you for being here tonight. And I just want you to know that God absolutely, unequivocally loves you. Jesus, he's in you. The Holy Spirit of God fills you. And I just want you to know that you are a special, treasured woman of God. And you are the man that God created in his image. And God's got big, big plans for you. Father, I thank you for each person that is here tonight. I thank you for the family of God. I thank you for the individual families that are represented here tonight. Father, first of all, I want to pray for the men. I, I really believe, God, as our men go, so go our families and our nations. And God, we need godly men. Men of backbone, but men of compassion. If you're of the male gender here tonight, I'm just going to pray a prayer of blessing over you that God would fill you right now with his Holy Spirit. He would sanctify you. He would, he would change your attitude. Some of you got a bad attitude, a rotten attitude, and it's, it's penetrating and infiltrating others around you. I'm praying that Jesus just sanctifies you and that he gives you joy and that you spread that joy. God, would you bless this man tonight? Encourage him, Lord, so that he could be an encouragement, an affirmation to his kids. Come on now, Dad. Tell them. Tell them that you love them. Tell your wife. Tell your parents. Tell your kids. And Father, I pray for the women in this room tonight. Thank you for these godly women. I was looking up here tonight on the praise team and the choir and these women are singing praise to you Jesus they love you they are beautiful in your eyes and you love them and may they be blessed tonight God I pray in Jesus name that they would know that they are highly favored of God and God you love them just the way they are Lord thank you for this church I speak blessings and praise over North Richland Hills Baptist Church. In Jesus' name, I say it, and I pray it, and I believe it. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to the North Richland Hills Baptist Church Sermon Audio Podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, go to nrhbc.org.